Uh, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 178, June 17, 2019. It was 97 degrees on this day in downtown Garage Logic in 1933. That predated the invention, the great invention of Aquaside, which keeps your beachfront clean. And 42 degrees on this day in 1960. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. With a dateline of Jordan, Minnesota. That's my neck of the woods. Uh, Minnesota made the front page of today's Wall Street Journal. Because hmm. we're suffering from an invasion of gnats. Oh, yes. Gnats. I, they have been uh, awful so far. I've been. Here's how I've been dealing with these gnats, and it works. <laughs> Stay inside? No. Um, you take a cup or a bowl... A rotting banana inside the cup. Here we go. Saran wrap over the top and pop a couple of toothpick holes. It traps them. It is. It works perfectly. Huh. I, I only mention it, Matt. This is, this is more than you bargained God, for. I did, we finally hit a topic I, I can really... What else are we talking about? I, I wasn't looking for a cure. I, I wasn't looking for any, uh, you know, cheapskate home remedies. Yeah, so, you want to have to, since I, we're I on it, uh, it's mating so season too. my way of, uh, of fighting the gnats, I go into full slap fight mode. I just... <laughs> Get away! Get away! Get away! Get away! But did you see the rook dive headfirst into that topic? I've been dealing with this. May may I? uh, I've been dealing with this. Just calm down. It's like Kenny's rat problem. Uh, (laughs) First of all, we're to understand that this is the uh, result of apparently a a wet spring, because we've never had a wet spring before. And uh, two, I can honestly say I have not experienced the problem. Well, you don't get very rural. I'm getting a little worried about me. Well, join the club. Yeah. <laughs> nothing bites me anymore. Ooh. No mosquitoes, gnats, nothing. Uh, Listeners. Listeners, you bring up a so. good point. Something that uh, I've been uh, discussing over the weekend. Have we had an extra awesome summer so far? Not we've for had, me. We've had cool days, and uh, up north, there's very little mosquitoes, and I have yet to meet a biting black fly yet this summer. I'm with Kenny. It's, it I've seems like it's it. way better. Yes, I'm I, I prefer it. heat and humidity. Uh, this uh, this story falls under the category of can't anyone ever be happy? Okay. Peering through a spotted, uh, peering through a spotting scope mounted on a tripod, researcher Alice Van Zoren notices a piping plover skittering across a sandy, pebble-strewn Lake Michigan beach and hopping into a nest, swapping places with its mate. Next nest exchange. Did you see it? Van Zoren calls to colleagues. Male and female plovers. Is it plover or plover? I bet it's plover. Plover, I believe. Take turns incubating the eggs, and this pair's flawless changing of the guard is a healthy sign. Yet trouble is brewing because the Great Lakes water uh, is high, and that's threatening the uh, nesting grounds of the plovers. And I'm thinking, you know, you people, 10 years ago you told us that— Evil humanity with their minivans was drying up the Great Lakes. Yep. <laughs> and that, of course, proved to be incorrect. And, and, and this year, they're at a record high level. Yep. And they'll fluctuate for the remainder of time as so long as the earth 
exists. Right, right. Right? But we got to worry. We went out and found a plover to worry about. Can't anybody ever just be happy? Just let nature be nature. The lakes, the lakes yeah. came back. You could make these arguments. A hundred years ago, you could have done the same thing. Boy, the Great Lakes are low this year. And then 10 years later, you could have said, boy, look at how they've come back. But today, of course, it's all, it's all, part, of the, uh, it's all part of the narrative that uh, climate change is to be responsible. May I continue on that note? Yeah, but Please even if the lakes are higher, those birds are going to find dry ground to nest in. Give them a little credit here. Well, okay. not that stupid. They're not going to drown. <laughs> There's a front page story. This is uh, this falls under the category of where do our sensibilities lie? Right. Where, where do, do our, our sensibilities, sensibilities lie? It's a piece called "Where the River Is Home," and it's the uh, it's a story about these uh, residents of Winona's Boathouse City. Mm-hmm. There's a oh. there's a kind of a funky uh, boathouse neighborhood in, in Winona in the marina area yeah and they uh, they live in uh, what are now becoming fashionable they they used to be terribly run down but now people are, are are seizing upon this as an opportunity to live on the river so they they live on in boathouses some of them uh, are, are floating i think others are permanent in fact there's a very rook help me you're a Winona guy there's a really cool f- boathouse themed restaurant on the river is it jefferson's or something like that I it's have not really been down cool. there since the so hot fish shop closed. Describe the the structural components of a boathouse. Is it just a house on a pontoon? Some of them are, and some of them are on pilings. Oh, uh, uh, you know, there, a lot of them are converted old, literally boathouses that oh. once housed boats. Oh, okay. And, but there's this community that lives there. That we're not going to foghorn community in this on this occasion okay. because uh, I don't have time. Here, here's here's my problem. These people. All uh, basically love this. They know what they're signing on for in terms of uh, fluctuations in the river, uh, you know, the flood stages and whatnot. But the, the Star Tribune has turned it into a climate change problem. Sure. And, uh, and saying, uh, in fact, I, and I think they're incorrect, uh, the river was quest, uh, cresting well above flood stage, drawing tight. They're talking about a guy named uh, Richie Swanson uh, who was fighting to keep himself afloat. Uh, it said... Uh, he moved uh, firewood in the early morning darkness and worried about the current, the winds, and falling trees. He was They were talking about a, a storm earlier this spring. He's lived there for 32 years. And uh, he says, it's not for the faint of heart down here, Swanson said. It's blissful on a 75-degree summer day when the river's lazy, but you have to adapt. And then it goes on to say uh, uh, there's about 100 or so boathouses along Winona's Latch Island, and then, then this paragraph, the record-setting, levee-bursting floods in the Mississippi have tested the will of the tinkerers, artists, and independent-minded homeowners who make up one of Minnesota's most unusual neighborhoods. This, it wasn't, if, if they mean record-setting this year, it wasn't record-setting. I looked it up. You're right, it wasn't. It wasn't record-setting. Water's high. Water's high. But then I went and did the homework. Uh, and this is from the La Crosse Tribune. Uh, this was dated March 31, 2019. Uh, the Mississippi River flooding in La Crosse will near top five all time when the crest nears 15 feet on Thursday. This is back in March, according to the National Weather Service. The fifth highest flood level was measured at 15.01 feet in 1997. The record was the flood of 65, 1965, 17.9 feet. 
The river was measured at 13.91 feet Saturday afternoon, flood stages 12. Tributaries back up. At 15 feet of the Mississippi, the Viterbo baseball and soccer complex between... In Winona, the crest is predicted to reach 17.9 feet Thursday. The fifth highest on record is 17.91 feet in 1952. Hmm. Well, then this wasn't a record this year. Top five. It was, but disingen- not a it was disingenuous to go down there and find these uh, people who admittedly have signed on for funkiness. They know what they're doing. Right. They, they, they're, they're every all throughout the story. They say we're adapting. We'll adapt. We'll adapt. We'll adapt. We love living here, but they turned it into a, a, a climate change. It's not a climate change story. Who turned it into the climate change story? The Star- resident or uh, well, the, the Star residents? Tribune went down there with a preconceived notion. Yeah, and they obviously didn't do the homework you did. Well, as far it's, as not, the, what, it's not a record. What a record is, right? The record was 1965, 20.77 feet. That was the big That's spring floods be. of 1965. Right. The fifth highest record was 1952. So are any of the residents crying, woe is me? No, no, no. They're, they're, they're hardy souls. They're hardy souls who have signed on for this, Yeah. right? Right. And they talk about difficult winters and ice melting and all that, but that's what they've signed on for. Yeah. Uh, Right, and, and you could say the same for people that move to a cabin in the woods or up in the mountains or in the bush of Alaska, right? Hardy souls. Yeah, well, here's here's the paragraph. Dick Prennicky. Yep, here's the paragraph. Well, well, I think Dick Prennicky went a little extra than these. <laughs> these people can walk to a store. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to find a grizzly bear outside his window. Uh, some fear the high water of the past few months is a sign of things to come, that climate change has permanently altered the rainfall of the upper Midwest in ways that bring persistent flooding. B as in B, S, S as in S. S. Not if you go back to 1952, not if you go back to 19... Well, here, I, got, I printed out something else. 1952, 1965. Uh, then you go here. I looked up. From the National Weather Service, historic floods for southeastern Minnesota, northeastern Iowa, and western Wisconsin. Well, we start in 1847. I'm not going to bore you, <laughs> right? Uh, but I couldn't find uh, anything uh, recent that made the list. June 47, March 1950, July 1950, April 51, uh, March 52. Okay, you get you get the drift, right? Right. This is nature. It's and these people that live in the uh, boathouse neighborhood of Winona, uh, throughout the story, they say uh, we know what we're doing. We'll adapt. I have to admit, I saw the article and I bypassed it because I thought it was just a a feel-good story about hardy souls. I had no idea that that story had an agenda behind it. Well, I, you know, I, I, to be fair, I don't know that who who wrote it, Matt McKinney. I don't know him. I don't either. To be fair, I don't know that Matt said, I got an idea. I'm going to go do a story on the Boathouse neighborhood in Winona, and I'm going to make it a climate change story. I don't know that that was his agenda. I think it's more accurate that that the news-gathering institutions, this is the direction, this is just part of the template. I also think it has a little bit to do with laziness. Reporting isn't what it used to be. How no, so? no, it's a good story. The guy wrote a nice story. If you want to learn about uh, this funky uh, boathouse uh, community, uh, this is a great story about it. But to throw in gratuitously the idea oh, that they're facing saying. that yeah. they're facing right. problems because of climate change is that is what it is. It's gratuitous. No, they're not. Not any more than they ever have. I need to learn. Uh, yeah, I need to learn how to read stories. Well, we've been saying that on this show for years. You got to really figure out how to how to figure out the news. I right. guess Trump's been saying in his own way with fake news. Yeah. 
You got to figure out what, how do you read this stuff? So, so to read this story required me to go to the Google and, and get flood records for southeastern Minnesota. And then you learn, then you learn there's nothing record setting about what took place this spring in Winona. That the record is 1965. Right. Uh, they also had a doozy in 52. Yep. But then if you want to go to the National Weather Service and research <laughs> other floods. You got, you got wow. a lot of free time, don't wow. you, Joe? You, uh, <laughs> no. I, missed, I didn't catch the so, ice updates well, on the, the let's get to the Let's get to the point, Such. Is it a non-story or fake news? No. No, it's not fake. This is a real place and real people, and they live in a really nifty environment. But I, I just think that what what's happening is that if you want to... Is the onus on the editor, then? I think so. Okay. But if you want to, you can attach climate change to anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything. Yeah. And normally, that's what I look for when I read a story. Should we say Especially weather-related. Yeah. I think we should. I think so. What? You can attach climate change to anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I bought my bike. I yeah, saw that. Yeah, saw. I went to, I went yeah. to EcoFun yeah. uh, Saturday. I saw it on Instagram. Tim uh, Bloom was there and uh, Mike. Uh, those two guys know more about electric assist bikes than Thomas Edison. That's yeah. a nice-looking machine. And I upgraded the seat. Oh? Oh, I got the... Big banana seat? I got you the... You got the vibrating damn one? Damn near a lazy boy. <laughs> it's, uh, I got the nice seat. It's got the big tractor springs underneath yeah, it. Yeah, it's a yeah. great seat. It looks like an old John Deere tractor so, seat. So Heavily I got padded, me a, I got me a bronze-colored Bintelli e-bike. I rode it Saturday. It's it's everything it's cracked up to be. The levels of assist are fantastic. Sometimes... Sometimes it's like a horse. You got to rein it back. Yeah, because yeah. all of a sudden you'll you'll go to a, a assist level three, and then whoosh, it oh, takes that, off oh, on you. The model you bought is that considered a fl- a fat tire bike? No, uh, those are some big tires. No. Somebody sent a uh, summer of jumbo on Twitter as a picture of a video of you <laughs> riding the, uh, the, the bike, and you're not even pedaling. It's great. Uh, people love to mock, don't they? Hey, yes. guy, the guys at EcoFun are great. They have a full line of Yamaha products. I uh, saw that big Yamaha cruiser. Uh, yeah, it's a cruiser. It's called the Transcontinental uh, Star Venture Transcontinental Edition. A beautiful motorcycle. That's there if you want it. They got it marked down to twenty one nine nine nine. That's the motorcycle you need to go across the country. Uh, and I checked out again, as I have before, the scooters, the mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles. But I was there for a purpose, to get my Bentelli e-bike, and she's now at home, and uh, it's fantastic. Is yes. it the one that Rookie's showing us on yep. social media? I, yep. love, I have a question. I yep. love those fenders. Yeah. That, those fenders are cool. It yep. is cool looking, but the the middle bar goes down. Yeah. Isn't that... What do you mean? Is, yeah. It's not a, a girl's no, bike. No, that's irrelevant. That's, They've changed. That's so, the, so he doesn't hurt his, his lady parts. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The ranch. Oh, what do you yeah. got? The yeah. ranch? Private ranch. lady EcoFun <laughs> Motorsports in Forest Lake or EcoFun Motorsports dot... Com. I want to see you ride that thing and take a swig off that water bottle at the same time. Well, I got a confession to make Ooh. about the water bottle. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it was uh, at the suggestion of Tim Bloom. The that water. ain't water. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I removed it from the bike. Why? Why? Because it it made it just makes it easier to get in and out of the yeah. on and it's, off the boat. Again, private lady yeah. parts. Yeah, you don't want to hook anything there. You don't want to. You don't want to well, you know, well, it's short season. You don't want to hook up your swimsuit area. <laughs> no, but it just makes it. You don't you don't kick it then. You don't you don't break the I water. Gotcha. And then if you're going on a long trip and you want the water bottle on there, it's not much to uh, hook it back up. That is a cool looking machine. I like where they put the battery power pack. Yeah. That, that, Guess how many charges that will take. How many? I, I hope I'm stating this correctly. Well, I think solid. I think I was told ten thousand. Oh goodness! Before oh, really? before oh, you really? have to worry about the battery. 
huh. conking out on you. 10,000. Wow. Isn't that something? Nice. Well, follow EcoFun Motorsports on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to see pictures of Joe riding the uh, the bike. <laughs> well, who you have to follow is you have to follow Joe Souchere because he announced to Twitter over the weekend that he bought a bike. But he said, I can't post a picture because I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look out, hipsters. Here I come. I'd show you a pic, but I, I have to wait till my guys I see them Monday if they don't know how. I don't know how to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, to conclude, uh, it's, a, it's a fun story, uh, a fun story about these uh, uh, iconoclastic people who live down in Winona in a, in a boathouse area. I think yeah. it's neat. Yeah. I think it's neat. And I, that I just, could have been the story itself. This is a neat uh, a boathouse community, and they're having fun. I just was amused that, sure enough, if, you know, some fear the high water of the past few months is a sign of things to come, that climate change has permanently altered the rainfall of the upper Midwest. Prior to that, they said the record-setting, levee-bursting floods of the Mississippi. You know, they weren't record-breaking. You got me thinking. You got to be on the lookout for these climate change references in every single story you read it'd be fun for us to start awarding prizes to the most misplaced climate change (laughs) uh reference in in stories you know yeah this wouldn't qualify as a winner i've seen worse examples than this (laughs) but But now i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go looking now you said you didn't read that story this morning i didn't because i thought it was just a feel-good but i that's that's precisely why i read it (laughs) betting myself looking for the betting myself that this is going to turn into a a something about a warning i'm the dummy that goes right for the headline because i did tear a couple stories new plan to remove carbon from the atmosphere bury it Mm -hmm. and then something about the uh, arctic experiencing big Arctic, excuse me, experiencing big and early melting. Obvious choices there. Mm-hmm. Too obvious. Mm-hmm. By the way, Reavers, uh, the boat Can't house. anybody ever be happy? Right. That's another way you could look at this whole conundrum. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago, you told me the Great Lakes were going to dry up. We had a professor on from UMD. Yeah. Dry it up. Dry it up. We're going to plant up. crops. In the dry it up. <laughs> Break it up. Now this year, record levels. Can't anybody ever be happy? No, we found a bird <laughs> that could be in trouble because uh-huh. they like to put their nests in a certain area yep, here. Yep. If that water's too high, those plovers are in trouble. Boom. Can't Gone. anybody ever be happy? Yeah, fly like, right like Rook said, a stupid plover can't fly one mile up the shore and find a bigger, wider <laughs> right. expanse this of beach. This is a good place too, Ellen. <laughs> Aren't plovers capable of ad- adaptation? Yes. They're smart enough. Mm-hmm. The, the best they could find, the best the reporter could find about the people uh, in the in the boathouse community was all of them t- largely were saying, oh, we'll adapt. Yeah. You know. What you know, are you going to do? Right. right. Yeah. If you're living on water, you are you have to be one with nature. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Right Thank there. You. Right Very there. Deep. Very that's, deep. That's, I've been thinking about that all this morning. This has been a hell of a segment. Bananas yeah. with uh, the tinfoil over yeah. the top. Yeah. The boathouse in Winona is called the boathouse. That's the restaurant you think. What of. am I thinking? Why, why? Why was Jefferson's popping into my head? I don't know. Was that a restaurant? Boathouse looks too? like a good yeah, place to anyway. eat. Okay. All right. Thank you. We'll Make be a nice burger. Here in a little while, I guess. I guess. More yeah. than that talk. Yeah. Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. 
So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment Advisor Services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Truth, justice, and the suzerain. Are you going to play something, Jenny? Turn your mic on, Pat. Hi, Mr. Royce. Uh, I just thought of something during the break here. We could write a song. You ready? Yeah. I'm looking over a climate challenge plover. <laughs> That's a good start. That's a good start. I'm looking over a climate challenge plover. Fantastic. <laughs> a climate change soundtrack. Okay, I'm going to read It would something. sell millions. I'm going to read something, and then I'm going to ask you why I'm bringing this up. All right? All right? Okay. Stylish Malia. Is it Malia uh, Obama or Malia? How, how do the Malia. girls pronounce her name? Malia. Stylish Malia and Sasha Obama joined Dad Barack and Mom for a Michelin-starred Father's Day meal in historic Avignon after ex-president enjoys a day of sightseeing with Michelle on their no-expenses-spared French holiday. Former first family celebrated Father's Day with a tour of the Palais des Papes, the biggest Gothic palace in the world, and they enjoyed dinner at the Michelin-starred restaurant in La Morande in Avignon. On Sunday evening, family was also joined by friends at a restaurant where guest table rate is 95 euros per person, including wine. Malia and Sasha spent Saturday at the Lille sur la Sorgue market in the French region of Provence. They stepped out without their parents, former President uh, Barack, 57, and former First Lady Michelle, 55. Malia, 20, was seen sampling fresh strawberries as Sasha, 18, uh, scoped out the wide array of antiques. The Obamas arrived in France Friday and are staying at the uh, luxury 18th century farmhouse on Bathales Island. Uh, uh, Okay. uh, the family are, who arrived in France on a private jet was also joined by friends. Uh, the Obamas are paying for the holiday. They have boosted their net worth since leaving the White House, thanks in part to Michelle's lucrative autobiography, Becoming, and the former president's speaking engagements, which are, bring up to four hundred grand a pop. Nice. Well, and don't forget about um, former First Lady Michelle Obama's intimate conversations at, say, XL Energy Center with 15,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Barack Obama also receives an official pension of more than two hundred grand a year. Uh, in addition, the couple have, have signed a production deal with Netflix, though it is not known how much that is worth. Well, first, let me say, before I ask you my question, uh, this is great. More power to them. They were together as a family. They know where their kids are. Sure. They seem to have all of that kind of stuff under control. And uh, God bless him. It sounds like a wonderful Father's Day for the for the Obama family. Why did I? Why, what? What? What's the point here? What's? Why there did is, I bring this up? There isn't a point. Um, it's not his news. carbon. His carbon footprint. You're close. Um, private jet. I just want people to remember this when he gets on his soapbox about the climate. Right. He's among those who are disqualified. 
You fly around all you want on a private jet and have all the French holidays you want and spend as much money as you want and have whatever kind of car you want and however many homes you have. Great. Just don't ever have the nerve to lecture us right. about the climate. It's true of all the celebrities at his uh, and his social strata. They're all flying around on private jets. Obama frequent, The Obamas frequently go to Europe. Fine. And they can, right. Fine. But don't you dare lecture me about the climate. No, no. It's, it's, it's it, do as I say, not as I do. as I do. Be fool, but you do can't get fooled again. How do I do it? Do, do, do as, as I, I say, not, not as, as I, I do. do. No, I think it's do Lieutenant Dan <laughs> have legs in real life. It's I think do, it's, do, do, da, da, da. No, it's <laughs> doobie, doobie, do. <laughs> it's scooby, doobie, do. <laughs> No, my point being, uh, and he, not that he used this occasion of his vacation to lecture anybody, but you know he will. Right. He's, he's easily uh, drafted into the movement, and he will be uh, front and center in the movement as, as the, uh, as the uh, plans continue to use the climate as a means of transforming this country. And uh, this, this disconnect is incredible. It, you, you, it occurred to me for the first time, Remember, we mentioned it on the show a couple months ago. Wait a minute. The New York Times has a daily example of climate catastrophe and hysteria. Every day. They got it. They'll find it somewhere. But they also have, on Sundays, the most wonderful travel section of any newspaper in the world. They don't see their own disconnect. I got news for you. Obama didn't ride a bicycle to France. I don't think so. <laughs> but he didn't swim. We already learned that he took the private plane. Right. What did you just say? Nothing. Four hundred grand? Did you say he gets for a speaking engagement? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? He's got something in his teeth. It's bugging me. Yeah. What? Stop looking at me. Look away. <laughs> Look to the street. What? It, it looked like he had a big beetle in his mouth. Oh. That uh, Obama story, uh, Obama story, was in the in the, uh, in the Daily Mail. So you get to learn what they, you know. That Michelle wore a black sundress and, you know, the whole deal. I found myself zoning out the way I always do when people start telling their vacation stories. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then we, went, uh, we took a left down at the uh, 58. And then I'm thinking, I need to mow this lawn, and then I need to do this, and then do that. Do you have to cut down more trees like you did in that photo? Yeah, yeah nice trans- picture. Transplant a few trees. And- <laughs> uh, Bob writes, on a recent podcast, you mentioned how nice it is to get feedback from your listeners regarding experiences with your advertisers. I have a wonderful story to tell you about the service you can expect at RF Moeller in Highland. Years ago, my wife was pregnant with our first kids, twins, and about three weeks before she was due, I got a call from my buddies. My life is about to change. Let's go out one last time before the kids come. boy. Things happen. They pour me out of their car about 2 a.m. on a weeknight. I go to bed, and the next thing I hear is, honey, you need to get up. I tell her I'm going to sleep in today before work just for a little while. She says, no, no, you really need to get up. I get it now. I bolt upright. It's 3.30 in the morning. I had tried to drink the taps dry at Plums and had been asleep for maybe an hour and a half. Ever have a discussion with your wife about who was going to drive to the hospital when she was in labor? Oh, my God. I did. Still married 31 years. So the kids are born that day. Everything's great. I survived. About 7 o'clock that evening, my sister visited, pulled me aside, and said, what did you get her? 
I had no idea what she was talking about. She gives me the, hey, dumbass, not only are you supposed to get your wife something nice for everything she just went through, and maybe with that little stunt from the morning, you really need to get her something really nice. I didn't know you got the wife jewelry for pregnancy. No. You guys didn't know that? I I knocked her up. Isn't that enough? (laughs) I did my part. Can I finish this, please? Complete panic. I call Moeller and Highland. They are closed, but a guy answered the phone. I explained to him what a moron really is. He apologizes they are closed and everything is put away, but he's got my back tomorrow morning. I asked him what time they open. He said 10, but what time do you need to be back at the hospital? I said 8. He said, I'll be here at 7. Cool. I went in at 7. He had been there a while and laid out six or seven different options on the counter, all from the so you were too drunk to drive your wife to the hospital collection. (laughs) (laughs) I love that collection at Moeller. Out the door at 810. She wears it every day, which either means she loves it or is trying to constantly remind me of what I did. They have they have capital uh, they have customer service with the capital C and capital S. Did I say this guy's name? No. Good. Name withheld to protect the idiot. Oh, nice job, Tim. Uh, <laughs> RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France and Edina, the flagship store in Highland Ford in Cleveland and uh, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. And remember, not only is Moeller the place to buy your jewelry and your uh, fine watches. It's also the place where you can sell your pre-owned diamonds, gemstones, estate and antique jewelry and vintage watches. Uh, watches. Moeller has been buying these for more than 40 years. They are the expert expert. Give the folks at Moeller an opportunity to show you that they are not only the best place to buy your watches and jewelry, but the best place to sell your pre-owned watches and jewelry. You, RFMoeller.com. You know what else is nice about Moeller? Hmm. When you buy, say, some earrings for your wife, yeah. And your, your budget, you might be buying the small ones. Yeah. When you want to upgrade, they will buy back those earrings. Really? And you can go, that's how I did it over oh. the over the years. Oh. You buy a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. Trade up. Yeah. And yeah. that's a really. That's how I do it with pickups. Really? Yeah. Every year, another big pick one. pickup at Moeller. I, uh, this has nothing to do with anything except when we were being silly a little while ago. Mm-hmm. I saw a t-shirt years ago that said, to be is to do, Socrates. To do is to be, Sartre. And Doobie Doobie Doo, Sinatra. You know where it came from? Kurt Vonnegut. Really? (laughs) A book called Dead Eye Dick. Which I'm I not read familiar. it. I read it. That's, but I don't remember uh, that's, that. That's where I don't. I've never read it. So, yeah. but I, I did see the T-shirt. And uh, but you're a Vonnegut guy. You've read. Yeah, some, I've read, read, oh, read yes. his stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Why yeah. was I thinking the police? When you well, when you were saying that line earlier, he, he did the police. Did. Oh, that's he did the okay, police that's line. It, I did it. the Sinatra line. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you have news for us today, Jim? I do. Why don't we get that when we return? Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, the latest uh, all-star figures are out again uh, for the American League. The Twins with a 10-game lead in the American League Central uh, after the weekend. How many members of the bullpen are going to get voted in? Uh, yeah, they, they need to upgrade a bit in the old bullpen there. They also need to stop making errors. Yes, I agree. They are making a lot of errors. You guys are... Wait... Yeah, they got a 10-game lead. Yeah, we know. We're, we're oh, complaining. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Twins uh, representatives from the All-Star Boy, I voting. hate winning by this much. Have they yet to lose three in a row? No. Mm-mm. I wouldn't complain. No, you I... guys were really riding them off the air, too. I mean, you're well, being highly a critical. A little bit. A little bit. Right. I was there yesterday, fellas. That's the first time I can remember a non-opening day where you quite literally couldn't move in the concourse. Like it was so old, packed. Old Joe? Oh, it was... Well, Joe's thing was Saturday, yeah. 
But they still had a they had a what did they announced thirty nine thousand yesterday. Yeah. I I f- they're, uh, they'll sell a Boston series, won't they? Oh, for sure. Oh, I yeah, think, yeah. I went Friday night. It was thirty eight, almost thirty nine thousand. Took the light rail. Two hours and twenty one minutes was game time. That oh. worked perfectly. Huh. Hmm. I uh, saw a photo of you at the uh, the ball game from a mutual friend of all of ours. Miss Melly was sitting behind Dum Dum, and oh, she yeah. took his picture and said. What's he doing here? <laughs> What's he doing? Uh, let the record here? show Melly had better seats than I did. did John Height with the news. Uh, anyway, back to the All Star votes. Jason Castro, the catcher's in fourth place. Although, like Chris pointed out the other day, <laughs> Mitch Garver's having a much better season. Yeah, he's not even the best catcher on the team. Uh, C.J. Crone has slipped into second place now, uh, behind Luke Voigt at the first base. He's about a hundred thousand votes behind Jorge Polanco, still leading at shortstop, has a hundred fifty thousand vote lead. Uh, Twins outfielders are all having good seasons, but they're not uh, doing well. Eddie Rosario in 6th place, Max Kepler 10th, and Byron Buxton 11th. Happened again yesterday, Target experiencing a register outage that caused long lines at the national retail chain and forced some customers to pay with cash. Target had experienced an internal technology issue on Saturday that lasted about two hours. Didn't this happen to them not quite a year ago, too, where they had some computer glitch that... He referenced that. Were you listening? No, 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 he didn't. Happened yesterday and Saturday. That's all I referenced. Yeah. Did you see where the power's out in Venezuela and Uruguay? <laughs> I yeah. have that story also, Good. yes. That's coming up shortly. I know it's popular discussion on other shows around the country, but do you realize how how over it would be for people if mm-hmm. if you didn't have electricity? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It'd be you'd be it's over. Well, it, it would you'd be die. for you people, but because uh, I have backup plans in place. Yeah. So. Okay. Not the old silo. And, uh, uh, <laughs> solid. One of those backup plans is a gate at the end of the driveway. A and gate? A hev- heavily armed fortress to keep <laughs> no, but, the clowns but just, away just think of the from urban, my generators. Urban density millennials. Uh, they would be no shot. They would die. Well, no, we all they, would yeah. without electricity. Can you imagine what this country without would be like? joking or making fun? There's a lot of rural folks that put in a big gen rack or whatever they're called generators. And I would too if I could find a quiet one. Yeah, that some of them. You know, hmm. they're not as loud as our big diesel generators no. here. Hondas are pretty. But I mean, quiet. if you're talking all the everything spoiling in your freezer, you're talking your AC going out and all that. They're worth. They're worth the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making if, coffee. I mean, something as simple as making coffee. Come on. You can't make coffee without electricity? What? <laughs> you really? have to build a fire, I think he means. Oh, okay. Uh, I think if Kenny, if you saw the pictures of Kenny on Twitter this weekend and listened to him talk right now, you know what his theme song is. And a country boy can survive. <laughs> yes, a country boy can survive. Why is it that everything I post on Twitter I get made fun of? <laughs> How much gasoline have you laid in? Uh, yeah, you're, that's the ticket right there. And you can't store it for too long. Not long. You gotta, no, you so give you it gotta, doses of... What's the uh, shelf life you, of it? you got to keep circulating it. Putting gotta in put sea foam in there yeah. and everything. Yeah. That's a good point. Although you can get, uh, well, you're going to say the same thing about natural gas and LP, but, you know, you still have to lay in a lot of LP. Target says, by the way, neither of these outages uh, were related uh, to anybody breaking into their... Well, of course, like they the Russian they, they don't know that, but that's what they're saying anyway at this point. Yeah, the Russians are over there rubbing their hands together. We're going to get you, Target. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, you know, Glenn Beck explores this occasionally. Why would why would the next major war even involve a, a f- one bullet fired? Yeah. All you got to do is figure out a way to unplug people. Yeah. Well, did you see? 
Did you see this? It's not funny. I shouldn't laugh. Uh, that the uh, New York Times ran a story about the U.S. going in and compromising some Russian uh, mm-hmm. things over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And basically the president saying it didn't happen and apparently because he was never told. Yeah. And haven't we done the, the same? security agencies wouldn't Haven't tell we him? done the same thing to Iran? I think we yeah. have. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Two University of Minnesota wrestlers have been arrested, according to the Minneapolis Police Department. Robert Stevenson confirms his 19-year-old son, Gable, along with 21-year-old Dylan Martinez, are the subjects of a criminal investigation. Both Thank are, God we cleaned up that program with that new coach. Both are listed on the Hennepin County Jail roster, being held on suspicion of criminal sexual conduct. Both men are listed on the U of M's website as being part of the wrestling team. According to jail records, the men were arrested Saturday night at different times in different locations in Minneapolis. Stevenson apprehended at a home on the 26th Avenue Southeast in the Como neighborhood. Martinez taken into custody at the home where he and other wrestlers lived on 14th Avenue Southeast. And Stevenson's a star. He uh, is a very good wrestler. Is that yeah. the kid Caleb. from Apple Valley? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What's yeah. his first name? Caleb? No. 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 Uh, Gable. 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 Isn't he he's like, named for like the wrestler? Oh. He's named for the wrestler Dan Gable? Dan Gable. Yep. Yep. Okay, sure. Uh, in a statement, a U of M Athletics Department official said, we are aware of the situation involving two of our student athletes and are in the process of gathering more information. The possible sale of the old Hillcrest Golf Club site could make it St. Paul's largest east side redevelopment project in decades. The St. Paul Port Authority wants the St. Paul City Council to approve a $10 million bond sale that would facilitate redevelopment of the 112-acre golf club, which was shut down in 2017. Chuck Remke is with the Northeast Neighborhood Development Corporation. He told our 5 Eyewitness News, our TV affiliate here, the proposed plan is exciting because it could bring in an additional 1,000 housing units and 1,000 new jobs in the northeast corner of the east side. Remke said the next step is talking with people in the neighborhood to find out what they'd like to see in the proposed multi-housing light industrial proposal that St. Paul Port Authority is currently thinking about. How come uh, the Pipe Fitters Union was able to purchase that for about $2.5 million and now it's worth $10 million? Ten, yeah. I don't, a, uh, I don't follow that. Yeah. I was thinking... It's a hell of an investment. Yeah. $10 million seems light, doesn't it, for 112 acres? You of... should drive by there. It's eerie. Really? It, you can just vaguely tell where it was a golf course. Really? Yeah. Because so it's overgrown. It, yeah. yeah. It's, huh. Interesting. So are you, uh, we're talking about earlier, Joe, Argentina's energy secretary said he does not think a cyber attack is what caused a massive power outage. Did I say left. Venezuela? It's Argentina it's, uh, it's and It's three different. Oh, yeah. three? Paraguay, uh, Uruguay, and Argentina. Uh, left tens of millions of people without power on Sunday. Gustavo Lepetuegia said at this moment, we do not rule out any possibilities, but a cyber attack is not within the preliminary alternatives being considered. Argentina's president, Mauricio Macri, called the power outage, which also affected parts of Chile and southern Brazil, unprecedented and announced an official investigation into the cause. And the blackout comes as concerns rise over government's abilities to disrupt other nations' power systems. I just figured it out, Such, the answer to gasoline. Hmm. Steam-powered generators. Mm. Well, burn a little wood. Mm Mm-hmm. You guys ever been to a thrashing? Is there such a thing? Yeah, you ever been to a thrashing show? You see those? Yeah, I go to oh, yeah. four. I go to four a month. I go four a month. I love centuries. Does tractors? Hot dogs. They yeah. all they all run on wood. Yeah. wood and and a country boy can't survive. <laughs> <laughs> you guys mock me, but we're uh, the Crappy Coffee Shop has picked up a new sponsor, and this this bit is being sponsored, fellas. Mm. <laughs> You'll learn more about that in July. 
President Trump's campaign has decided to purge some of its own pollsters after a leak of dismal internal polls for the president that he denied originally existed. Just two days before the president is set to kick off his bid for re-election, a top advisor said on Sunday the campaign is cutting ties with three of its five pollsters to prevent further disclosure of survey data. The polling done by Trump's group showed the president behind Joe Biden in several key battleground states, including double digits in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. The results were confirmed by advisors to the president, but when they became public, he called them fake polls. For days, aides to the president have tried to figure out whom to point the finger at over the leak of data. But in continuing to talk about it, aides violated a long-held unofficial rule of campaigns not to comment publicly on internal polling, even if the numbers leak. Meanwhile... That's a bit of shooting the messenger, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? Do you think it's going to come down to Trump and Biden, Joe? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I thought Sanders was now leaping ahead of so I Biden. Actually, uh, next story here... Yeah. They, they, He is. A poll from the president's favorite news station is a bit surprising. Fox News released Sunday a poll that shows President Trump trailing Joe Biden and no fewer than four other Democratic contenders as early campaigning. (laughs) Yeah, it is early. We should should point. I think it's shameful that that just now literally you're running for president all the time. All the time. Yeah, I think it's shameful. Break him up. A separate I wish survey. I could. A separate survey of battleground states by CBS show Democrats strongly favor Biden as the next candidate, most likely to beat Trump in next year's elections. The poll showed Biden leading Trump 49 to 39 among all registered voters nationwide, while Senator Bernie Sanders held almost the same advantage, 49 to 40 percent, uh, holding edges of one or two points over Trump uh, were Senators Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris as well as Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana. Gloria Vanderbilt, the poor little rich girl who lived a life at the highest levels of fashion, society, and wealth as an heir to one of the greatest family fortunes in U.S. history, died on Monday at the age of 95. That news coming from her son, who is CNN correspondent Anderson Cooper. Today. She died today? Monday, yep. Mm -hmm. What was the Vanderbilt fortune? What did the Vanderbilts do? It's Monday today, right? (laughs) It's Monday, Kenny, yes. Uh, What was the Vanderbilt fortune? Was it gas and oil? Uh, that's a good question. I thought it was steel. Well, I think we have the means on, to find I, out. It was covered in the Men Who Built America on History Channel. I don't know why I can't remember. Vanderbilt became a fashion maven in the 1970s with a line of tight-fitting blue jeans that bore her name and her signature and her trademark swan logo. They were a must-have for any woman with aspirations to style. Aside from her fashion status, she was known for her four marriages, numerous affairs with... Oh, them. I'm sorry. Go ahead, keep going. Numerous affairs with well-known stars and the death of her son, Carter, who committed suicide at the age of 23 by jumping from the 14th floor of their apartment while Vanderbilt stood nearby. Vanderbilt was 95. Railroad suits. Railroad suits. Yeah, the uh, History Channel did a a series about, uh, I think it was called The Men Who Built America, and Vanderbilts were in that. It's a fascinating series. Why do they, did they have, they had a famous mansion outside of Asheville, North Carolina. that The Vanderbilts, yeah. It was an odd place for them to live. It was virtually in the middle of nowhere. Speaking of railroads, I think this year is the 150th anniversary of the Union Pacific Railroad forcing its way across America. And the pounding in of the last spike? I believe, yeah, I believe we're at 150 years. Hmm. That was dangerous, you know, because those carts, sometimes they'd sink in the quicksand. Yeah. (laughs) 
Did you see? They almost you lost see, a good hand card there. Did you see the Super <laughs> 70s tweet about that? No. Why was it, as kids, why were we so afraid of quicksand? Yeah. It was one of the major causes was, of death. We were all going to die by quicksand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. Every <laughs> show you watch. Movies. Right, yeah. Every show, yeah. You'd put your hand, they would just go right down, unless, so, you know. Yeah, you were told don't struggle. Yeah, right. You yeah, right. Know, just get your sources disappear. Well, I got my foot on the rail. Slowly go down. <laughs> A Vatican document has called on the Roman Catholic Church to think about allowing older married men to become priests in remote areas of the Amazon as a way to overcome the shortage of clergy in that region. Huh. I'm having a hell of a oh, yeah, today. Right. <laughs> I'm seeing a priest with a bone in his nose. <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking remote it's Amazon. very here. remote. Yeah. And lay out the, the setting, the congregation. How, how does that look? They're sitting on logs, you know, uh, and... and uh, we're going, I see some grass skirts. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the guys in the back, the ushers. And the wife would be the altar woman. She'd she'd have a. They'd make her dress up for the day, and, and she'd have to, you know, she'd handle the chalice and, and bring that out. And uh, is the chalice? Uh, is it a hollowed out coconut? Yeah, it's 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 rudimentary. <laughs> but I also see the, the ushers that are collecting with the primitive baskets. Yeah, they got they've the long got, cane poles. But they've got Nike shirts on because the Catholics sent over some old clothes yeah. that they had. So they're working a green Nike swoosh shirt on. <laughs> the and team that home lost. of the, uh, the, the alternate champion. Yeah. You know, th- those kinds of shirts. The team that the lost Viking the World Super Bowl. Yeah. Super Bowl yeah. seven. <laughs> the recommendation will be discussed at a synod of bishops from the Amazon taking place at the Vatican in October. A working document for the event says the possibility of ordaining viri probate, which is Latin for men of proven virtue, should be discussed. Uh, the men could also enter the priesthood even if they already have a family that's established and stable. It also has been recommended that the Synod, which takes place in October, talks about giving women in the Amazon a greater role within the church. Why not? Pope Francis has previously said he would be open to allowing married men to be ordained in areas where there is a scarcity of priests. He has also spoken about allowing space for women in the church at all well, levels. Yeah, why Why in just remote areas? Why not everywhere? It's inevitable. Well, you guys are Catholics. I don't know anything about it. What's the big deal? Well, why, it, are, it, it, why are women so looked down I don't want to go into it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Welcome to Church Chat. Church Chat <laughs> with Joseph Shuray. Rookie, I can no, I tell prefer, you're holding I, something yeah, back. You're, you're on the verge. Go ahead, that. spill. I think if they went forward with, uh, uh, say, female priests, that might not be a bad thing. I think well, that, that would only help the <laughs> yeah, Catholic Church. We Where waited for that, huh? Step out on a limb there, uh, <laughs> brave one. There you go. David Ortiz still recovering at a Massachusetts hospital from injuries sustained in that shooting in a Dominic, uh, Dominican bar. And we know more now about his injuries. Doctors had to remove Ortiz's gallbladder and part of his intestine during surgery. Jeez. Jose Smester, the surgeon who first operated on, in Ortiz on the island, uh, gave an interview with the Washington Post over the weekend. Smester revealed that Ortiz's stomach was filled with blood as the surgery began. He said it was a lot of blood loss, not enough to bring him to shock, but yes, when we opened him, his stomach was full of blood. Oh, Jose yeah. Abel Gonzalez, the leader of the surgical team, said the former designated hitter's stomach had a liter of blood in it, and they lost another half liter during the surgery. Smester said if the injuries weren't taken care of right away, Ortiz could have bled to death. 
said the injuries he had were lethal, even separately, if they wouldn't have been taken care of right away. Police arrested nine suspects now in the shooting. Holy cow, they're nine? On, they're on the hunt. And what did they have to split up? How much? Uh, Seventy. The, uh, the hitman got 7800 bucks. Who took out you the contract? You can get a hell of a deal there on a hitman. Who, yeah. who, who, who would deal. take out a, a contract? A lord with whom David uh, uh, allegedly, allegedly might have uh, interfered with the drug lord's girlfriend. I thought oh. it was wife. It's always Whatever, the yeah. women, isn't it's, it? It's undefeated. Undefeated. Authorities, uh, that, that is the story going around. Authorities so far, though, aren't uh, revealing any motive. Didn't his uh, his survival rate was also low just based on the fact that he could have had, suffered an infection during the ah, surgery? I did, I did not know yeah. that. I thought you were going to tell a joke. No, no. I, I had my started. finger on the rim shot. I, <laughs> yeah. But Canadian, can you imagine your life's on the line and you got to go to a hospital in the, in the Dominican? Well, I, I think that that would be better than going to a hospital in a lot of places in the world. They saved him. Yeah, that's true. In, uh, that's true. And wherever the priests have to go, where we just talked Amazon. about. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, right. See ya. It's not like they got a walk-in clinic down there at the Amazon. <laughs> the Red Cross. Right. The Canadian province of Manitoba has a distinct springtime attraction. Tens of thousands of amorous snakes. That's so writhing gross. around in pits. Oh my God! I mean, people gross. go and look at this. Yes, I'm an- not doing that. What? The annual mating ritual of red-sided garter snakes. Babe, get the kids. Right, here this, we go. Look at this We're heading out. Look at that photo, Suge. Yeah, I it's saw a, it. It's an orgy of yeah, snakes. see that slippery it, mess. It's really disturbing. It draws thousands of people, snake fanciers oh. and snakeophobes alike, to an otherwise overlooked part of the province I for bet, a few days each spring. I bet our old friend Monty... Uh, our old friend Monty probably went up there to I'm party, sure, didn't I'm he? I'm sure he did. The area, which is around a town called Narcisse is so attractive to snakes for the same reasons many farmers abandoned it decades ago. Joe, years ago you started the, the dating ladder with, uh, you said the lowest was zombie. If this was, you know, the, you're, if you're meeting a gal and this is your thing, yeah. that's got to be below zombie. That's no go zone yeah. if you've got yeah. a gal and wants to go to see the snake mating no. season. Hey no, now. Let's that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's thin topsoil, sits on top well, of... You don't have to go to Manitoba. <laughs> 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 They've got all the icky words in here, too. Yeah. Slithering, yeah. cavorting. Right. Oh, it's just gross. How would you about, even know what you were looking at? How about this? The eruption of the snakes yeah. in the spring. Oh, that's just, right. uh, yeah. It takes about 10 days, the snakes cavorting, shall we say. Uh, it depends a lot on the weather. It's hard to predict. Clouds, cool temps, and rain can keep them all underground. <laughs> I'm having another cartoon yeah. bubble. Do you think they got guys there? Like, uh, who are the people at, uh, that handle Puxatawney Phil? Uh, at, oh, the, yeah. at Gobbler's yes. Knob. You think they got uniforms and top oh, hats and it, buttons and ribbons because they're the head of the snake uh, my favorite mating snake season is carnival? Narcissus yeah, snake yeah. or whatever. You really Are they there just to hold the, the snake still? I don't know what happens. I don't know how a... I don't know that I would even recognize what was happening. Whoosh! Yeah. Professor... I'd um, rather read. <laughs> <laughs> right over the top. Professor wow. Robert T. Mason, a, progress, a professor of integrative biology at Oregon State University, said it's likely the biggest concentration of snakes in the world. He's been in Narcisse every spring since 1982. Wow. That He's, must be a hell of an attraction. What a sicko. They're running! <laughs> Oh, you can offend these people, Such. It, it turns out you cannot refer to these things as snake pits. Yeah. They must be referred to as snake dens. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, to me, yeah. it's a pit. Uh, scientists, including Professor Mason, often do their research at smaller snake pit areas on private land, but Manitoba's Wildlife Service 
has established a park around what it prefers, as Candy said, to call snake dens. Is there music playing in the background? I mean, what kind Vendors? of yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Get your t-shirt, your rubber snake, right here, right here. <laughs> Snakes are harmless I to people. I open the door to the den and imagine my surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought. Slithering serpents. <laughs> The snakes are harmless to people, these garter snakes. They can bite, but the effect is more like a headbutt than a tearing of the flesh. They're entwined in sometimes frantically wiggling snake balls. Gross. Gross. How real could they be? Poor huddled masses. (laughs) That's disturbing. All right, we're going to be back here. All right. Yeah. I'll do it for lunch. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. The 10-day forecast is calling for uh, temperatures to get back into the 80s. It'll be great swimming weather, and if you own a lake home or if you have a pond on your property for swimming, you need to call Aquaside because they've been helping people maintain great lake shores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and the lake detective is signed off. These products are safe for you, your family, the water, and the fish. So don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer because the kids hate that. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your... You don't want, you don't want the kids bugging you all day either. You no, don't want them no. in the house. Yeah, I don't want the you want, them, you want them down the old swimming hole. Mom, the there's weeds, weeds in our above yeah. ground pool. Not with Aquaside. <laughs> They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350. That's 1-800-328-9350. Or go to Aquaside.com. Say... uh this is rather disturbing, or either that or it's it's fake. I can't tell. Let me get to the story. Uh, record number of African migrants are coming to the Mexican border. Hmm. All right. Undaunted by a dangerous journey over thousands of miles, people fleeing economic hardship and human rights abuses in African countries are coming to the U.S.-Mexico border in unprecedented numbers. Surprising border patrol agents uh, more accustomed to Spanish-speaking migrants. How are they getting here? That's a good question. They are coming to America after flying across the Atlantic to South America and then embarking on an often harrowing overland journey. Well, how? Where are they getting the money if they're destitute and fleeing destitution? Are they? Are are, are they destitute? Well, apparently not. They're flying to. They're flying to. Uh, so this is just an alternate entry to for, South for America. Them. Where it, are they getting the money? An easier way to get in. Well, then there's a story of a Swedish. Uh, journalist Urs Geriger recently visited African migrants who breached the border and hung out on the streets of San, San Antonio, Texas, waiting to go elsewhere in the country. And he met hostility from people who did not want to share details about their experiences. They contradicted each other and they had rolls of $100 bills. Oof. Hmm. Who's funding this? Right. Is this something I should be concerned about or is this something I'm... Supposed to look the other way? What? Well, when you say a, a record number, that would uh, that would get my attention. In a recording played on Fox News, Geriger asked asked a migrant from the Congo how she got to America. She refused to say. We are here now in the United States. Why do you ask about Ecuador? A woman said, referring to the reported country they passed through. 
As Geriger continued to ask simple questions, he said they backtracked and were not answering at all. They wouldn't tell me anything about how they got here, and then they started to get aggressive, and they weren't, and they were contradicting each other, he told Laura Ingram. One said they ran through a forest, and another said no, there was no forest, and they were actually arguing among themselves. He said they started to get aggressive after questions about money and help. What I found from an aid worker there, they actually do have money, quite a few of them, because he spotted them under a tree right in front of the shelter, counting a roll of money with $100 bills, Garriger said. Hundreds of migrants of uh, uh, Congo and Angola were transported to San Antonio the week before, and city officials said they received no warning from the feds that they were coming. So what are you suspecting? Uh, I don't know what I'm suspecting. Conspiracy thing here? One migrant told reporter Jalisa Irizarry via Google Translate that he came to America for security reasons, and once he made it, with the help of the USA, I can get it back, referring to his family that stayed behind. Uh, A video from CBP shot last week shows a group of illegals from Angola, Cameroon, and the Congo waded across the Rio Grande River into the U.S. Male and female adults can be seen walking through the water and into Texas, several with children on their shoulders. Is this a politically motivated um, story to prove that we do need walls? Is that what this is? I, I don't know that there's any motivation other than this is extraordinarily interesting. Who are these people? How'd they get here? And who's funding them? Right. And for what purpose? Yeah, if if they have enough money, why wouldn't they find a way just to gain entrance here for well, some other reason? What's that? What's that process like? I mean, couldn't they just come over on a visitor's right. visa? Or, well, who's who's sticking hundred? If that's true, well, how do you know they're not earning the? They're migrant workers. How do you how do you not know they're just already they have the money? No, because they got here. They haven't done any work. They got here. They apparently somehow got from wherever they landed oh, so in South America. They're migrants, migrant workers here. Well, I, they're not all migrant workers. In fact, one I'm reading about right here is it was a teacher in Africa. She saved her money. She said, "Okay, so that's how I mean." So this, so maybe they're not being funded she was, she by some teacher. nefarious purpose. She was a teacher in the Congo, or not in the Congo? I guess. But it was just why Congo. is it easier to cross the border illegally through Mexico yeah. than it would be to just fly in and then disappear right. and stay that's forever? What I think. Right. We got to call Tom Combs. Our, uh, he's, our a, ED, our, he's a he's a he's an author now, mm-hmm. uh, but he was an ER doc, and he has a particular interest in Ebola. Yeah, and you know you got you got to be careful spreading the Ebola talk around. You don't want to go hysterical on Ebola, but you know, I hope I hope these arriving people have not had any exposure to it. Is that what it. you're thinking? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying. I hope that's. Oh, uh, that's... But I I tried his number and it no longer works. You got to find me a new number for. I'll Combs. find a new number. You've got to find a new number that's for. That's a very dark thought. Well, I, I I'm not suggesting at all that I have any reason to uh, to believe that. I'm just, you know, suddenly in the midst of this influx of uh, of uh, Hispanic people, all of a sudden now we got hordes of uh, Africans showing up. What I'd like to know what, you know what. What's going on? What the hell what is going on? John, what are you reading? What's well, your What's your I, thought? The story. I uh, I don't know. I would uh, be curious to know, like Joe, uh, where they're coming from and why. Because this doesn't. This teacher I talked about said she or it's a he just wants to make a better life for himself and he wants to be safe because apparently in Congo there's all kinds of fighting mm, going on. Right. So I, I don't know. I I'd have to have more info. But it just seems unusual. You know, you're. 
you're fleeing such poverty, and, and I don't doubt any of that. You right. Know, you're fleeing such desperation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just went to the airport and bought a ticket to fly here or fly to South America? Yeah. And then walk to Mexico? Walk. That's the and I'm not buying it. There's, a, there's something going on here that we don't know anything about, yeah. is what I'm saying. Somebody's funding the transportation. Uh, somebody's funding the caravans. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't understand who that might be or why. I you're, you're more conspiracy minded than I than I am. You find conspiracy in a lot well, more I'm, places. I'm not, I'm not than necessarily I do. suggesting I'm sensing a conspiracy. Well, I, I, I find it curious. I find it puzzling that uh, you know you 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 live in this in horrible conditions in your native country and then yet yet you uh, you know the airport they got an airport airplane lands i think i'm gonna leave and yeah. then uh i'll figure out a way to get to to america i'll just fly to you know buenos aires or wherever they it go it seems like it's a very complex plan for uh, if it's a migrant worker they might not be as why do you complex. keep calling them migrant workers i thought that's what you referred no, no, to what no. was your original time yeah you you just, made that reference i thought you said that you sure you didn't say just a, mig- a migrants? Of- Undaunted by a dangerous journey over thousands of miles, people fleeing economic hardship and human rights abuses in African countries are coming to the U.S.-Mexico border in unprecedented numbers, surprising Border Patrol agents more accustomed to Spanish-speaking migrants. I never said these were migrant uh, workers. Okay. All right. These are people showing up here. They're coming to America after flying across the Atlantic Ocean to South America and then embarking on an often harrowing overland journey. Okay, well, then it makes me think even more so that they might be a little more sophisticated if they're not just regular workers. How did the Somalis get here? They hopped on a jet and flew in, right? Mm -hmm. Are we a refuge uh, country for them? Uh, 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 Minneapolis certainly is. Safe haven for them? Mm -hmm. Remember, St. Paul, sister cities, mortgage issue. That's right. And how come these people from the Congo aren't taking the same route? I have Tom's number. Do you? Yeah. Well... Why don't you give it out over no, the air? I won't call them today, <laughs> okay. but we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to pay attention to this. Got it. And uh, see if he might want to chime in and tell think, us whether we should be nervous or not. I think they should probably get their uh, their shots, though. Don't you think? If you come into this country, I'm not sure. Uh, measles or I'm, the, I'm not uh, sure there's an Ebola shot. Well, let's make sure they don't have it then. Yeah. I'll take a shot at tequila. If that ever happens, I want the minor Ebola. You don't want uh, the the major. major. I don't want major dengue. Major dengue was yeah. (laughs) I I just got a regular shot of dengue. I want the lesser dengue. You need major? No, I'm just regular. I I I think maybe in Minnesota it's easy to have this casual attitude about this, uh, but uh, uh, for the for the sake of the United States of America, there does seem to be a terrible breaching of the border uh, with increasing frequency, uh, and now by in uh, frequently uh, different groups of people. Has it been proven that these folks are ne'er do wells? Uh, you know, are they criminals? Are they? No, they I, I'm not suggesting they are. It sounds like they're probably upstanding I'm, citizens. I mean, if you in got that a country. teacher in the group, you know, he's just trying to get a new gig, I guess, yeah. and, and uh, get the hell out of a war torn, illness plagued, poverty stricken situation, but. Something's, something seems fishy something, is what I'm saying. Yeah, something doesn't Something's seem right. fishy. Something doesn't seem right. But, again, if you are, like you said, if you're down on your luck, this is the country to be in. If yeah. You're, if you're a little poor, you don't have, this is the best country yeah, to be in. Yeah, but there's been a big, there's been a big uh, uh, dynamic shift, though, that, that we've learned. People used to come here 
to become Americans. Mm -hmm. Now they come here to live in America. There's a big difference. Yeah. Big, big difference. I think we're seeing it in the Somali community in Minneapolis. Uh, I, I'm sure there are many, many Somali members of the Minneapolis neighborhoods who uh, who are on board and, and love the fact that they have a job right. and they want to you know speak English and they they enjoy. Uh, but I think there's also a great many of them that have no intention of of doing that. Right. They wish to retain their uh, their oh, own Somalian uh, Somali identities and not well and not become Americans. And that's the uh, that's the toughest part because I, I know someone that uh, works in the schools. And uh, she met a man, mm -hmm. and he would not shake her hand because she was female. And this gal is a, is a higher up in the school district. And wow, she would not, uh... he refused to shake her hand because she was a female. When the Irish came here, do you think they, uh, they, they wanted to pretend they were still Irish? They wanted to become Americans. They wanted to become American. Yeah. They wanted their freedom. Mm -hmm. They changed, a lot of them changed their names to more American-sounding yeah. names. Like Olson? Yeah, we're good folk. Rook, they need, uh, because uh, Cameroonians apparently speak French, they need translators if you're looking for a gig. Oh, I could do that. Merry New Year! <laughs> By the way, I was going to ask you, how was Souchere's pronouncing uh, of the uh, French words when he was doing that Obama story? I would give him an average grade. I don't think he... Like a C-? minus. Yeah, he didn't go all, all into it. It wasn't, like Brad, it wasn't like Brad Pitt in uh, Inglorious Bastards where he says, Bonjour! Yeah, bonjour. <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad. That was a little harsh, yeah. That's about the same. God, that was a neat film. Yeah. That was a nifty film. Yeah. Say, we'll be back in just a moment, please. Now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. We're going to return to nature for a moment. Oh, good. Thousands of animals are leaving the uh, Yellowstone area, which uh, is stirring up the belief that they know something about the oh. supervolcano. Oh, really? Uh, elk in their thousands leave the supervolcano each year to find higher grounds around the Yellowstone National Park. The annual mass migration gives the wild Yellowstone residents a chance to feast on fresh grass and calve for spring. However, scientists have discovered these centuries-old migration patterns are changing in response to environmental cues. According to researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, tens of thousands of animals are now moving out of Yellowstone differently in response to climate change. Uh, Gregory Rickbell, a postdoctoral researcher at UC Berkeley, said we found the uh, immediate environment is a very effective predictor of when migration occurs. The Yellowstone study combined GPS data and satellite imagery to track 400 animals from nine Yellowstone herds. Every spring, the elk climb to the higher areas and return to Yellowstone valleys and plains by the start of autumn. But retreating snow lines and green grasses are forcing animals to migrate later in the previous years. Uh, full confession, because I'm an honest mirror. Yep. I, I thought, I, the headline is Yellowstone Volcano. Why are thousands of animals leaving the active supervolcano? And uh, I, I I didn't get beyond the headline. I printed it thinking Here it comes. that the animals uh, sense that uh, an that's, eruption of the volcano. That's where I thought you were going No, it turns this. out it's a climate change story. Uh. <laughs> 
Well, how is what they're doing this year or the last few years any different from what they've been doing since the beginning of time? There isn't. Because just, you, you nailed it. In the uh, in the summer, they go to higher elevations, mm-hmm. fresh grass. In the summer, they come down. Warmly. Well, these, these people that, uh, that believe in climate change say... Uh, they're leaving earlier, coming back later, going higher, and uh, or maybe they caught wind of that snake party and they wanted to go get right. ahead. I think there. it just snowed. In, it, it snowed in Yellowstone last week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It did. It did. Which means nothing. But none of these predictions mean anything either. Never mind. I thought the volcano was going to erupt. Did the elk go with the elk? Yeah, yeah. the elk. And, 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 and if the volcano erupts, 95 million people dead. <laughs> I'm driving towards the disaster. When it, when it I'm coming up to the farm. No, I don't think you'll have to. You can have the farm because I'm heading west. I'm going right at it. It'll come to you. I want to be at ground zero. It's like the leaves what? come turning in the fall. That comes to you. <laughs> because, thing. like Suge said, I, I, go to the farm. I'm going to die anyway. Why not die today instead of next week? Yeah. Let's get it over with. Yeah. I'm ready to I, meet I, the I man. I'm willing to wait. Are you? Yeah, I'm willing to wait. Another week? You're such a got. wussy. Yeah, just see what happens. I'm grabbing my chainsaws, and I'm heading West. Just think, someday, maybe not in our lifetime, maybe not for, maybe never, but someday, let's say that thing erupts. Yep. Hopefully not. But it erupts life. fully. Right. Like it did, you know, 600,000 years ago or whatever. You know, people will be sitting in a room like this doing a podcast mm-hmm. or kids will be in school or, you know, mom will be driving down the freeway and all of a sudden, you're just, you're gone. You just vaporize. Won't even know what happened. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that. here would we be vaporized. Wouldn't maybe be rubble. Maybe here, you'd you'd live a couple days until you couldn't breathe because of the air. Yeah. Why prolong the in- yeah. inevitable? I'm seeing the road. Yeah. You could. And then maybe somewhere oh, in the world, people Carl, will I, survive. Even though uh, I would imagine uh, the atmosphere will produce a what's called what a nuclear winter. Yeah. You'll never have summer again for a while. Right. Well, but that's if that's if that volcano goes off. But we're told if you change your light bulbs, <laughs> you, you can you can get you, you can get back to a temperature we all agree on. But that's another reason to stock up on those rookie burgers up at Grunhoffers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, a good supply. Oh, double that's, smoked ham. Yeah, that's a right turn right there. Maybe try to outrun it on your Bentelli uh, 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 e-bike. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or, uh, I bet there were I bet there were many Father's Day. Grill out yesterday with the Grunhofer's products. Oh, I bet there was. The yes. rookie burgers, the chicken brats, the Swedish potato sausage, chicken and beef kebabs, ring sausage, kielbasa, andouille, ring bologna, blood sausage, country sausage, not to mention 130 different flavors of port bra- uh, por- pork brats. I gotta try. I, I'm, I'm really game for trying a new one. I, the ones that I've tried, yep. I've, I've had twice yep. or three times because they're so good, but I really have to venture out. i got to pick a new flavor. I'm going to try... I'd like to try Mushroom Swiss. I haven't tried that. Uh, I have not tried Mushroom Swiss yet. Sounds I haven't good. tried Sweet Jamaican. Oh, that yeah. That sounds good, doesn't it? Hell yeah. Uh, I haven't tried Reuben brats. That sounds good. I have, and they are delicious. Oh, yeah. And I'm not just brats, people. This is a full-service meat store. This is the meat capital of the world. Right. There's nobody better than Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. North end of Hugo, just uh, right on Highway 61. You can't miss it. It's the north side of, of Hugo. Uh, and, Thick uh, cut bacon. Any way you want to cut. Steaks, chops, bacon, double smoked ham. Everything you want is at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats.com. They're right there in Hugo, north of Hugo on Highway 
61. You like yeah. a good smoked salmon? They'll do that for you as well. I, I'm, yep. s- I'm sitting here. Re- are you done? Yes. Yep. I'm sitting here reading. Uh, this, I'm never done, but I'm This done. piece uh, in Science <laughs> Daily, which is, uh, I think, the same article you re- you re- just uh, referred to about Yellowstone. It's this, when reading it, it's like these scientists, or city people, just discovered cows. Yeah. They just drove out to the country Look and said, like, oh wow. my God, these cows give birth right out in the pasture. Yeah. I mean, they're saying stuff that any dum-dum knows. And they think that climate change is, you know, they're saying how they move when the weather's good. Well, that's how it works. Right. That, that's it has how, for centuries. That's right. how it works every year. If the weather clears up early, they go early. If, if the winter lingers an extra month, they wait a month. Oh my God! These guys. You know what they've done, Joe? They've they've lost touch with nature. Mm-hmm. They really is. Well, I don't even think they lost it, Kenny. They just never had it. Yeah. Well, this is a fascinating article, and I really wish it would have been about the volcano because that's that's the kind of thing I'm looking you for. Know, the animals know something's up. Right, they're getting the right. hell out of there. See, you have a different perspective. My three days once once she erupts is going to be much like my lottery uh, winnings. Those first three days, like, see you later, honey. I don't even know what's going on here. <laughs> Dateline okay, Willow. Yes, Dateline Willowick, Ohio. Another earthquake shook Ohio over the weekend. We need to hear from. We need to hear from Stacy. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, the 1.5 magnitude quake—that's really nothing—happened near Willowick, Ohio. Willowick, Ohio, around 10:30 p.m. last night. No damage. Last week, a 4.0 magnitude quake hit near Cleveland. It was centered just off the city in Lake Erie. The Ohio Department of Transportation posted video of what it looked like when the quake hit. And I watched it, and you saw a little wiggling, a little wiggling. Nothing. Nothing bad. But uh, you don't really think of Ohio as an earthquake area, do you? No. No. But you know what? You know what? That can happen anywhere. Nature's going to do what it wants to do. You don't know. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing I love about the climate change hysterians. Do they, do they have an idea? I've said this a million times. Do they have an idea in mind that there was some period that was perfect? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is, there, is there a period you want to go back to in history? <laughs> the when the horses revolution. pooped all over the streets and uh, life expectancy was about the age of 40. And What do you have something in mind? <laughs> That's where you have to take them to task. Oh, I remember we had great Christmases and it was snowy and we had hot cocoa and everything was just perfect. No, no, you know, it's... And outside smelled like crap in the middle of July from all the horse dung. I want more from Height, the guitar-playing newsman, in just a moment. It's summertime, GLers. Time to hit the lake on your brand-new BRP Sea-Doo personal watercraft. Towsley Motorsports would like to introduce the new Sea-Doo Fish Pro for 2019. So cool. The world's first watercraft built for fishing. The first personal watercraft with a trolling mode, a revolutionary stabilized hull, lots of storage, seating for up to three people, and so much more. Along with the Sea-Doo Fish Pro, Towsley Motorsports has watercraft for all kinds of lake goers. From the Sea-Doo Spark Tricks to the ever-popular GTI 90, BRP Sea-Doo Watercraft, perfect for everything from a short rip around the lake to a full day of family fun. Towsley Motorsports is conveniently located in White Bear Lake on the corner of County E and Highway 61. Towsley Motorsports, selling fun since 71. Just like talking across your backyard fence, and this is a big backyard. Joe Souchere. 
Say, join uh, more than 5,000 motorcycle riders along with thousands of other people on Saturday, June 22nd. That's this coming Saturday. Everyone will assemble at the Anoka County Airport for the 14th Annual Dennis Kirk Patriot Ride. Special tribute paid to military personnel and law enforcement. You don't have to ride a bike to participate. The non-riding public is strongly encouraged to come out and show their support. There's going to be a T6 Thunder Show, uh, Honor Bird Flyover, Vikings Cheerleaders, uh, Vendors. There'll be vintage warplanes, live music. And if you're there at 4 o'clock for a chance to win over $10,000 in door prizes, also buy a $10 raffle ticket and win a 2019 Harley Road Glide to be given away the day of the ride. And then you can... uh, Go to DennisKirk.com with more than 160,000 products for you and your bike. There is so much to the Patriot Ride, you should go to the website and take it all in. Patriot Ride, one word, PatriotRide.org. That's PatriotRide.org. Saturday, this coming Saturday, June 22nd, at the Anoka County Airport. It's the 14th annual Patriot Ride. Here's Johnny Heith. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Before I get to the news, I always have people ask me, and so do the fellows that play in the band with me, are you ever going to play a gig? Well, we have a gig, so I just oh, want nice. to promo yeah. that. I want to go. Uh, July 13th, which is a Saturday evening, we'll start at 8 o'clock at Roma's. That's a little late for me. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Yeah. Saturday doesn't work for me either. Could you move it to a Wednesday? I'm, I'm thinking, sorry. Could you start uh, at 7, maybe 6.30? Yeah. they got to like us to news. 8 yeah. to 11. Then. Yeah, if you came, you'd have to leave before yeah. we're done, yeah. obviously. Yeah. You got I, enough songs for three hours? Well, <laughs> and if may, I go maybe. Is Dylan playing? Yeah, we're actually going to have five-piece. Really? It's going to be the three guys that normally play at the fair, plus Dylan on guitar and yeah. a wonderful keyboard player by the name of Rich Leone, who's very good. Really? And uh, sits in on occasion good. with us. If I come up there, could you drive me home? Because there's a pretty good chance I'll get my stumble on. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think so, Kenny. i got a lot of equipment to carry, so there's really no You can room. use my truck. Just, <laughs> July 13th, anyway, uh, we'll be at Roma's in Willardy, uh, Matamidi, White Bear Lake area. Please uh, come out and watch us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it's either Willardy or Matamidi. Well, it's Willardy. That's the, the southeast corner of the it's lake. It's on Stillwater Boulevard. Stillwater Road. Stillwater yeah. Road. It's the southeast corner and, uh, of the lake. Okay, southeast corner. Forest Ave. All right, come out and join us. Could in you fact, actually move it to Carver? That I'd go. Actually, uh, come on out to Roma's and eat, and then watch the band. See? Why don't you lazy bastards just start booking some gigs? Kenny, I'm old. You know, I've been doing this a lot of years. Yeah. I, I don't you know, know what? what I really want to do that, Kenny. You know what? I, that's like, yeah. One, two gigs a year. That's I, that's, I totally get it, John. <laughs> but, uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I understand. Uh, don't forget this weekend uh, is uh, also the Town Ball Classic yeah! at Target Field. Is this a Town Ball story? It sure is. It is. It is a Town Ball story. Uh, 10 o'clock, the Class C game, Young America Cardinals at the Plato Blue Jays. At uh, 12.30, the Forest Lake is Class B, Forest Lake Brewers versus the New Market Muskies. And the 3 o'clock Class A All-Star game, Minneapolis All-Stars, St. Paul All-Stars. It's at Target Field. It's always fun. Uh, starts at 10 in the morning. Costs you 10 bucks to get in. You can watch baseball all uh, day long. And uh, Blaster, was it last year we took the picture of all of us yeah, enjoying a cold you, Royce, and Manny. Yeah, yeah that was that's, fun. That's not all of us. Uh, Reavers, <laughs> there was a town ball game in uh, my town two weeks ago, and uh, I almost went in. But then I recognized too many people I knew. So, so I turned just, around and left. Just, uh, took my beer and went home. <laughs> so sad, Kenny. So sad. Uh, but it is a lot of fun day. It, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun that day at Target Field. And the Twins are always gracious, uh, mm-hmm. basically letting us use Target Field for nothing. When it's, is it? Uh, this Saturday, this Saturday. 10 a.m. Yeah. But there's nothing more American than sitting on the hood yep. of your 65 Chevy right next to the dugout in the first base side. 
drinking beer and watching watching ball. You'd have time to take in most of the town ball classic and still get to the Anoka County Airport for Absolutely, the Patriot yeah. ride. Absolutely. Yeah. You Dennis Kirk's Patriot ride. By uh, the way, Kenny, uh, not, not only was that a staple of town baseball, you get taunted as an outfielder, and it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in news, the city of St. Paul is asking for an accelerated review of its appeal of that decision by a Ramsey County judge in favor of a group of residents who filed a lawsuit earlier this year seeking to force a referendum on the new waste hauling ordinance. Both the appeal and request for an accelerated review were filed late last week with the Minnesota Court of Appeals. The request for the accelerated review says there's a pressing ballot deadline in the matter, August 23rd marks the last day for putting the electoral question on the ballot in November. Requ- uh, request reads, if the referendum is on the ballot and fails, the appeal will become moot, and the cost and effort to complete the election will have been wasted. The most efficient process would be to obtain an appellate decision prior to August 23rd, 2019. Late last month, Judge Leonardo Castro ruled that enforcement of the city's ordinance, which went into effect last fall, has to be suspended on June 30th. And a referendum must either be placed on the ballot in November or the city council has to call a special election prior to that date. Uh, Mayor Melvin Carter said at that time, unsurprisingly, we disagree with this decision because a system which took two years to create simply cannot be unraveled in 30 days. We intend to appeal the decision. Well, you morons never should have done it in the first place. It was void ab initio, meaning it was void from the beginning. I was hoping when I picked this story that you would say that. Void ab initio. Thank you very much. The mayor said the program was designed to better manage garbage collection and reduce traffic and pollution. B as in B, <laughs> S as in S. Under the new ordinance, residents. It increased pollution because where residents of a fourplex, for example, mm-hmm. had arranged with their private hauler to just all share one bin and split the cost four ways. Yep. No, city says each resident has to have a bin, meaning that truck has lingered in the drive in the alley longer. Right. Under the new ordinance, residents' contracts with their haulers were canceled automatically. People were assigned new companies and pickup days based on where they lived. Hey, are you guys from St. Paul up on this food truck controversy that's been going on? They, I don't follow the food truck world too much. They gave them the uh, boot out of a vacant lot, and then the vendors took to Facebook and fought back, and now the city's saying, oops, sorry, come on back. You guys, Wait, what they, happened? They, uh, they, it's something about food trucks and empty lots. And Where's the empty lot? It is uh, Iowa and White Bear Avenue. Okay, that'd be the east side. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what uh, food trucks could do, though. I thought they could just show up on a, as long as they're paying their taxes. I don't think they need a permit as long as they've gone through the health department so to prepare them. Obviously, you haven't read the story. I have not. I'm okay. not familiar on no. the uh, All right. no. food here's, truck controversy. Here's the story. Educate yourself, dum-dums. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I don't really, I'm not interested in food trucks. I ain't no <laughs> food out of a truck. No, no but this but is ruling really no, from no. the salon. But, yeah, that's exactly what the Let me story see. is. Let me see. No, now he's interested. <laughs> and, and I really think you're onto something about this salon business. I mean, the more oh, and more I, know I, th- I am. the more and more I think about it, you're absolutely right. We're being ruled by you know nitwits in a salon. You're being ruled by dilettantes. Oh, that's a great word. Mm-hmm. Oh. What it means, but it's good. All right, I'll read this. Uh, we'll have this tomorrow, maybe. Maybe tomorrow, huh? Talk about it. Okay. Yeah. You're wrong, by the way, on food trucks. They're fantastic. I'm sure they are. Some but, are. You know, yeah, yeah. Some are very good. Yeah. Did you see, by the way, uh, what used to be the, the 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 restaurant inside Target Center when you would walk up the Skyway to the to Target Field? Was it uh, the anyway? They turned it into a keg and case now. It's just a oh. giant series of food trucks. It's really cool. Interesting. 
Governor Tim Walz will go under general anesthetic during a minor knee surgery for a medical meniscus tear on Thursday, resulting in a transfer of power in the governor's office. A release from the governor's office says Lieutenant Governor... Anyone? Uh, Lisa Lisa Johnson-Smith-Flanagan. We have a winner. Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan will discharge the powers and duties of the office during the procedure. Flanagan. Yep. (laughs) You got it. First... Governor Walz said, after years of running, this minor surgery will help ensure I can hit the pavement again. I expect, oh, that's a, good. Okay. I expect yeah. a smooth surgery, and I have full confidence in Lieutenant yeah. Governor Flanagan to temporarily hold power. I think we'll be okay, Wes. Yeah, I'll the give him a word, of, a word of warning. The doctors are going to say, you're going to dance out of here. That is B as in B, right. S as in S. Give yourself a week before you yeah. dance. Yeah. It's not that quick. I think we've, have we all had that done here? Yeah. No, I've okay. had both knees done. I've had yeah. one, yeah. I'm not that old. Oh, bastard. <laughs> Minnesota law, uh, don't cough, please. I apologize. Did you see that? That's what Trump said to that's, somebody he, in his he office. He threw his, his chief of staff out of the interview because he was coughing. Well, that's a very... Yeah, that was a very interesting interview. Well, I think that Donald wanted to be heard, and this guy was hacking to going did, crazy. Did you see, did you watch the film of it? No, well, I, think I didn't. It, you have to watch it because yeah. it's the strangest reaction. He literally is offended by... The coughing. Really? You can't cough. You can't cough. So he's a, he's a lot like a tennis player. It was it was uh, it was weird. Well, rookie grabbed the video. Right, he's talking. <laughs> oh, oh see, I I kick him out for that too. Hey, I'd kick him out too. Get out of here, squeaky! One more, and you're out of here. You yeah. can't play that one. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. The hell? Hey, hey get out of here! Hey, <laughs> Stand up. Joe, no, we go from uh, coughing to that. At what age can I unabashedly get the walking farts and not try to hide them? Because there's somebody in my family now that gets the walking farts, and she's proud of it. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's no big deal. Got any biscuits for sale in there? There's got to be a certain age where I don't have to. I don't. Uh, I don't have to stop this. Plus, have to hide this behavior. Carte blanche. You know, like when you're dating your no, wife. I don't want to know. What you're dating your wife dating. for the first time, and you drop her off, and as oh. soon as the car door is closed, oh, it's yeah. ten minutes. Open of season. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. Or yeah. Yeah. well, back to news. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, fun this... when you're skipping, too. When you're skipping, you kind of <laughs> time it out. <laughs> Why do I get scared? Oh, they're all scared. Who skips? A man in a, a mask, combat gear, and glasses shot and killed Monday morning in downtown Dallas after he opened fire with an assault rifle outside the Earl Cabell Federal Building. <sighs> Nobody else was injured. FBI Special Agent in Charge Matthew DeSarno identified the shooter as 22-year-old Brian Isaac Clyde. Clyde died at the scene. Neither Someone dis- got a photo of this guy from about 10 feet away, John. I'll tell you who that is in just a minute. Wow. Neither DeSorto nor Aaron Neely Cox, U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Texas, gave any indication why Clyde would target the federal building. Uh, Chris, who you were talking about was Dallas Morning News photographer Tom Fox. Wow. He witnessed the shooter fire outside the building on Jackson Street and took photos as the shooting occurred. Fox said the gunman fired from the parking lot across the street toward Fox, a security guard, a woman walking a golden retriever, and a man who hadn't uh, tied his tie yet to go into the building. The window panes of the revolving door and two side doors were broken afterward. Photos taken by Fox shows law enforcement around Clyde, who's lying on the ground in a parking lot without a shirt. Shooter had a red heart tattoo with a black drawing inside. 
and an animal on his left arm. Mm. The shooting is one block away from the July 7, 2016 ambush where five police officers were killed by a gunman. Did you know the catcher for Kansas City yesterday wore a tie yes, during the game? That was a thing. So did the uh, La Tortuga. Willens Astadio had the chest protector Why? with the tie on. Why? Father's Day. Father's Day. Yeah. I don't get it. What? Because Dad wears a tie. Because it's a cliche to get a tie as a gift? I think that might be part of it. But it was a Father's Day tribute around baseball yesterday. I thought it was cool. Huh. I got a for, neat gift. How about for all of our kids? Uh, we don't wear ties to work. Daily. Yeah. I Daily. got a neat gift for Father's Day. What'd, What'd you, you get? get? A popcorn maker. What do you mean? The kind you'd find in a, in a you know, in a... Like a movie theater one? Yes. One that stands yeah. so a, yeah. mi- cool. a microwave okay. oven. No, it's a... Do you it's put, a, put it in your garage? Yeah. Yeah. Here's my advice We'll be over. You. Have some popcorn. It's red and gold. It's like yeah. Old circus popcorn sure, maker. Sure, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Drop the corn in first before oh the oil. God. Oh, my God. You don't... Uh, it, you, it comes with packs of popcorn that are pre-oiled. You put the whole thing in the pan oh, okay. and boom. Is he okay. doing it wrong? No, well, if, very if he's good. got, but at the movie theater, yeah. you drop the corn first and then the oil, otherwise you're going to have a fire. Well, we don't have that problem. I'm, I'm glad of that. All right. Um, what do you mean they come in a pack? Does it dissolve once it's heated no, up? No, I think you probably open the pack, right? The yeah, cur- and then the little bits of plastic that are in the bag kind of will get into the popcorn <laughs> and you'll be ingesting yeah, those plastic. There are plastic bags full of kernels and you cut the bag open, dump the kernels dump in the, the kernels tray in. and then like rat poison. stand back. Yeah, yeah. Do you Stand add back butter? and let her go. Let let her tell me you add butter because you're not a butter guy. But no, that comes with it. It's in there. It's what, part of the package. What about does, salt? I'm going to need like it. There's nice salt. effort to your machine. <laughs> does it, no, it sounds man, like you just ding I ding. like Parmesan on my uh, Well, that's your problem. Yeah, I your own Parmesan. I, no, that's a good taste, Parmesan. On we should come over and watch a show about cars. And like maybe have we'll some popcorn. Your, and, what yes. about a root beer float? I'm down with root beer floats, too. So just, I sit in the cars and watch it on TV. Like hey, Joe, can I fire this old hog up? <laughs> Stranded at the drive-in. <laughs> Turn that of thing food. off! Bleepity bleep! The uh, Supreme Court on Monday said a person can be charged and tried in state and federal court for the same conduct without running afoul of the double jeopardy clause of the U.S. Constitution. The case does have some implications for former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, who's facing charges in New York State that are pretty much the same as federal charges for which he's already been tried. The former uh, president of Egypt apparently collapsed in court and died. What? That would be former President Mohamed Morsi. Morsi? Morsi. The 67-year-old was attending a session in his trial on espionage charges when he blacked out and died, according to officials. Uh, he hailed from Egypt's largest Islamic group, the now outlawed Muslim Brotherhood, was elected president in 2012, the country's first free elections following the ouster of Hosni Mubarak. The military then ousted Morsi in 2013. A Babe Ruth road jersey dating to 1928-1930 has sold at auction for $5.6 million. Wow. Hunt Auctions, which handled Saturday's sale, said the price breaks a record for the most expensive piece of sports memorabilia ever sold. A Ruth jersey from 1920 had previously sold for $4.4 million. The auction conducted at Yankee Stadium. Yankee's jersey, part of a collection of items that Ruth's family put up for sale. His daughter, Linda Tosetti, said in a statement a portion of the proceeds will go to charity. 
Did you say that's the uh, biggest sum ever paid for sports memorabilia? Uh, the biggest uh, sports memorabilia, yes. Most expensive that'll be piece. blown out of the water <laughs> when Nicholas auctions off his watch, because wouldn't that be considered sports memorabilia? He wore it so. while he played. Yeah, you would think so. Well, that's going to so. get more than whatever that it's got. It's not sports memorabilia. Sure it is. It's a, it's a watch. How did that figure into him playing? You could play it without it. But he didn't. That's the point. Oh, he he wore it all the, for all the majors. Oh, Joe. Oh, it's gonna. You want to? You want to bet me that'll get more than ten million? I will bet you twenty million dollars. <laughs> I don't think he has it's, it. I, it's an odd thing for Kenny to show such disgust about. I don't know why he's so about. upset. <laughs> it's a watch. I don't think it's a watch. You know what? His sock. <laughs> his socks figured in more prominently than a stupid watch. But then he knew what time oh, it was. It's a Rolex that was uh, given oh. to him in 1966. Are you transitioning into a no. Mueller ad? <laughs> by the way, I, I take it all back. By the way, <laughs> now until June 29th, drop your watch off at Mueller. You, you get go. 50 bucks okay. off. Uh, RF all Mueller right. Jeweler, 50th in France, Gavaday Common Ford in Cleveland. No, I'm considering Nicholas is a sports figure. The watch is sports memorabilia. Give That's a Rolex that kind of sell it. Give you 100 bucks. Yeah. Can we go back to the garage where we're all eating popcorn and no. sitting in the car? And I gotta get up and get some more popcorn. Hey, oh. whoa, whoa, hang on. What's that? I ha- get this. Early hominids. Get this. I I have a chipmunk trap ready to go outside and was loaded, so I dumped a lot of popcorn on it. Uh huh. Every bit of that popcorn was gone today, and the and the trap wasn't triggered. Oh, they and in the, in the, the dirt, was there how, a little... How did they do that? Finger? Is it a live trap? So they no, go... it's just a snap, you know, a trap that snaps shut on them. You're killing chipmunks? Yeah, you have to in the city. What kind of heartless, you heartless, city. heartless you, bastard you are you? dig under your house. But my point is, they're clever. <laughs> they got they got all the popcorn and never triggered the, the, the catch, the trap. It's like Caddyshack. So they're on to you. I guess. Yeah, yeah he's like Bill Murray going after <laughs> the gopher. <I'm> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you trap the neighbor's cat in that oh, thing. Yeah, don't. It's a it's a chipmunk. Come hey, on, listen, I've killed every you know animal what? on the planet except a chipmunk. Yeah, well, you, you know, know you're you're you're, uh, you're you're trying to develop some heart here because you've been killing 14 million rats, <laughs> and now you hear about a chipmunk and you want to signal well, your virtue. By the way, oh, I draw the line at chipmunk. Wow. Hey, hang on, this is the same guy who a couple weeks ago told us about shooting the heads off of uh, the little uh, prairie gophers. dogs. No, yeah. no, 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 striped gophers. And striped they in gophers. fact the same thing. No, they dig holes. So did yeah. chipmunk. No, they don't. Yeah, they, they play or they live in trees. Those are called squirrels. Yeah. No, they. <laughs> oh my God, you chipmunks live in the underground. You have lost. You're one of the people you no. talk about. You've lost chipmunks, touch with nature. Chipmunks do not live in trees. Why are you? You're. I almost swore. Yeah, yeah, you did. I gotcha. <laughs> you're out of Careful. your mind. Look, do chipmunks did... live in trees? Hurry yes. up! Yes. Oh Little God. holes everywhere. They Dude, don't dig in the day. earth. That's striped gophers. No, well, you're oh. wrong. Chipmunks live in. Uh, you're wrong. Excavation. Don't, on... don't set traps though in the city. What are you going to do? When you... hey, y'all. <laughs> Here's Kenny. The easiest animal to accidentally catch a kitty cat or a skunk. What are you going to do, Uncle Joe, when you look out the kitchen window? I got news for you. Bonehead. I've been trapping chipmunks for 15 years. Yeah. I've never gotten a skunk. He capes them out, too. Yeah. <laughs> Have you found the answer? It shouldn't take you long. Uh, ten facts you may not know about the chipmunks. I don't want to know any yeah. of that, man. Elf. I want my question, want my the question answered. They're so cute. They don't do any damage. Chipmunks are basically tiny squirrels. Uh, really? 
huh. one to two litters. They, I'm uh, done. Chipmunks prefer forested areas and can climb trees. Doesn't say anything about where they sleep. They sleep in a... They sleep in Joe's garage after <laughs> yeah. consuming as much popcorn as they want. Fresh, fresh. Fresh popcorn. popcorn. Are you leaving them little trays of beer out there, yeah. too? I'm done. For, for their party? I'm, goodbye. I'm, I figure we better go back to this after that conversation. And a country boy can survive. <laughs> yes, a country boy can survive. Oh. Bump, bump. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Chipmunks live in little tiny houses with really small beds made out of matchboxes. Alvin. Yes, Alvin the Chipmunk. All right, garagelogic.com is your home online for all things podcast. If you want to catch up on some old versions of the podcast, they're all sitting there waiting. Greg Holcomb's latest cartoons capture Garage Logic. I suggest you check those out. And if you're new to Garage Logic, check out Joe's bookshelf author's corner it's on the features button at garagelogic.com this is garage logic podcast version also out today table talk with rookies family episode 32 we talked to my dad it's a pretty darn good interview for father's day catch you next time